The following episode contains just a bit of explicit language. I just think that that real person exchange is what people don't get enough of. And so I would say, try to be a real person, even if you think you're not the sassy type, just be yourself. That's the most important thing. Hey y'all, I'm Chase Clements and this is the Support Ops Hangout. This is a show that helps you deliver a better support experience to your customers. Now we've got some uh, of the best, I think of the best anyways, support pros in the business. So uh, let's go ahead and meet them before we dive into the show topic for this week. First up, since Jeff is always at the end, we're going to do him first this time. Jeff from Wistia, how are you? Oh, great. It's, it's always good to go first. Yeah, well, I don't know. We'll rotate so you can have like first every couple of weeks or something like that. Love that. <laughs> Next up, Carolyn from Buffer. How are you? I'm good. I'm filled with hope and some anger after marching this weekend. I was going to say, that sounds like you went to the march this weekend. I did. Wherever you are. We were just talking about that. We have no idea where you actually are this week. So. <laughs> I'm, I marched in Portland. The Portland rally. I heard that one was uh, pretty fantastic. It was. And then last but certainly not least, Chase Livingston from Automatic. How are you? Doing very well. Glad to be back. Awesome. Now, after I said all that, let me make sure I, s- I started recording because I... Yeah, okay, we're recording. We're good. I worry sometimes. I forget, you know? <laughs> make sure. Um, this week, we, uh, we have wrapped up the book series that we were doing, uh, and now we're moving into kind of a new idea. You know, a lot of our, our series beforehand have been kind of uh, tailored for... Um, themes along the lines of like, do this if you're a new manager, read these books, like that kind of thing. This time, we want to take a little bit more broader approach and we're going to talk about boundaries. Uh, So we all have boundaries, right? Whether it's with customers, with team members, with work itself. Um, So in this series, we're going to look at how those boundaries uh, come into being and then how you can actually rough in where those those lines are. First up, we're going to do social media, just because that tends to be a really good one to kind of uh, kick off the series with. And this is all Carolyn's doing. So uh, just so you know, for this show topic, it's all Carolyn. Uh, we were talking about some of the, uh, the fun, in her words, fun yet saucy tweets from Wendy's Twitter account. Uh, If you haven't seen those, there's a few links in the show notes to help kind of catch you up. It was one of those where, so just as kind of some of the examples here, there was questions like, if I don't have a Wendy's near me, what do I do? And Wendy's answered with move. Uh, One of the more famous exchanges that kind of, for me anyways, brought this, uh, because I had no idea, like, I, I Uh, kind of in the back of my mind, I knew Wendy's probably had a Twitter account, but um, didn't pay attention to it until this one. Uh, The the person on on Twitter had asked, uh, had claimed that Wendy's burgers were frozen. And then they asked, uh, so do you deliver it raw on a hot truck? Y'all should give up. McDonald's got you guys beat with a dope ass breakfast. (laughs) <laughs> Wendy's then replied, you don't have to bring them into this just because you forgot refrigerators existed for a second there, <laughs> uh, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, yeah, that's kind of the one that went viral. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the one that kind of kicked off. And, and that kind of led into like where, like, where are the boundaries in, in like dealing with people on social media? Where can you have fun and be saucy, but still be, you know, kind of professional? And especially like where are those lines that when you cross them do get you into trouble? 
Um, so Carolyn, we'll give you the first one here. What, I, like with Buffer, like what, what are you thinking about when you think about like, you know, fun, saucy, sassy kind of tweets um, that, that kind of inject your unicorn personality into it? Like, like how do you, um, is that something that you, you, you talk about with your team? Yeah, a bit. Um, so yeah, in general, it's like sunshine and roses um, and sprinkles and kittens, but um, it does come up where people obviously are, are, are of that ilk um, and they're maybe looking for a little bit more personality than, um, than a brand traditionally offers. Um, and the example that I'm thinking of, um, I would love to share is uh, it's going to make the episode explicit. Is that okay? Well, I mean, I've already kind of moved into that with Dopass Breakfast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which is something I just, it feels weird saying because I don't think I can pull that off. But you know. I forgot about Dopass Breakfast. <laughs> okay, good. So we're already in explicit territory. We're there. So, just um, take us there this time. So Yeah, cool. So we, um, uh, I, I got hit up by one of my teammates um, asking for some advice on how to respond to something. And this is very mild, but... Um, the guy wrote like buffer doesn't give two shits about like something. I don't know this, that, or the other customer service or something. And she was asking to, if I had any opinion about her replying with like two poop emojis. (laughs) 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 And I was like, well, like, does he seem like that's the type of person that he is? And she said, yes, obviously that was why she was inspired to, to be sassy back and saucy. And she did, and it went over really well, and it was really funny. And the person was like, okay, you have personality, and, like, you actually read my tweet, and, like, you're a real person and cool. Um, So that one went well, um, but it certainly has happened um, out there in the world where it doesn't go well. (laughs) So uh, it's definitely – it's a judgment call. um, And you have to be really willing to really, like, grovel if you get it wrong, right? Because you – you know – if the person's annoyed by it, then um, you have to be willing to go very serious now. <laughs> if you don't watch the video, I just wiped the smile off my face really fast. Um, you got to break out the suit and tie at that point. Right. Then you're like, oh, then you're like very formal speak at that point. So um, it's it's no fun to get it wrong. But when you get it right, it creates this memory of your brand with the customer and anyone who followed along for a really long time. So. Um, we try, but we err on the side of caution for sure. Yeah. So, uh, Livingston, what, how do you think, like, what, what should the default be? Right. So like with Carolyn's example, it was very much like, I think this is the right thing to say. It feels a little bit edgy. That's probably why that person came to ask Carolyn about it in the first place anyway. So like, how do you figure out your default kind of, uh, tone emotion for that kind of situation? Yeah, I think it probably, depends on, you know, your brand and like your company culture and stuff a lot, um, you know, first. And then probably also something that um, I would think about is like, is the, is the customer sort of, I guess, leading you in that direction. So, you know, with Carolyn's example, the customer was, you know, being a little, you know, sassy or or whatever, you know, you want to call it in the first place. And so um, I think if, if it were me thinking about this uh, to respond in my, my own case, I would, you know, 
feel a little better about being the same way back since they are, you know, obviously they can dish it out and surely they can take it. Um, but I think if it's, you know, just a, a general interaction without, you know, just somebody asking a question or something like that, I don't know that I would necessarily default to this more, you know, sassy tone, I guess, or, or whatever you want to call it. So I, I sort of like Carolyn said, err on the side of caution for sure, uh, unless you really know uh, or can you know, think you feel what the what the customer is you know asking for and, and can handle. For those of you keeping count at home, that is now four sassies and two saucies, <laughs> two shits and one ass. So maybe two asses. I forget. Um, yeah, this is one of those. I'll, I'll have to put something at the very beginning, which is, yeah. Um, yeah, so, fuck it. <laughs> oh, I can just count how many how many listeners we're losing at this point. Um, Jeff, let's let's look a little bit uh, at Wistia, who I think is you know it's one of those where now I haven't had a ton of Twitter interactions with Wistia, but it's it was always like um, some some good kind of feels anyways. Um, what do you, so let me preface this by saying you recently kind of turned control of the support team over to another person um, that you had trained up and, and all that. What was, were there any guidelines that you gave them as far as like kind of where they could go um, and push boundaries as far as social media goes, or was it just kind of like you just trust them to, to be able to make those calls? Yeah. Um, so social for us, um, unlike Buffer, has always been a marketing activity or a marketing-led activity. They set the the tone on that. But I, I feel like I agree with Livingston that it, it's there's a company brand and culture thing that you have to get right. When you see those tweets, I mean, even the Wendy's one kind of caught you off guard because I didn't really have a sense of what Wendy's brand voice was, but I didn't think it was sassy. Um, to reuse a term we've used already. That's six um, for you counting at home. That was a new thing for me, right? And and the internet is always blowing up with those like social media people who are clearly sick of their jobs. And so they just go completely off uh, the range with, with um, you know, some like seriously mean or, or uh, sarcastic tweets at people. It just ruins when it doesn't run with your, your perception of the, brand and culture. It just ruins the whole thing so fast. It can ruin the trust with the brand so fast. So um, for us, like the people have, people have in their compliments always been very kind and saying, it feels like we have one voice that we're very consistent in that way. And I, I don't think we train anybody for it. I, I think it's more of a, of a consistency thing, right? When you take over the role, you kind of look at the voice that's come before and it's very clear. So it has a, has a nice loop in that way. Um, and we also hire for it. Um, we hire people that are, they're who they are. They're individuals. They are not trying to fit into a cookie cutter mold. And I feel like you can tell those people when you interview them. Um, I certainly have met them before. So I, yeah, I don't know. We don't have a secret sauce for that. Um, I'm, I'm sure somebody like buffer who does an awful lot more on social media probably does, but for us, it's just, it's just trying to live up to the to the uh, the brand voice. What came before? I thought you were going to say have a secret sauce like McDonald's. <laughs> go along with that. That's okay. Um, I think what's really so you brought up the marketing angle there. That's kind of the one thing that 
so Wendy's took a calculated risk. Whether they realized it or not, they took a calculated risk with that tweet to the guy about the uh, uh, forgetting about refrigerators. Like that guy or lady, I, I don't know. Um, you can't really tell, um, or at least I didn't really look into that. But um, so that person um, probably was not a Wendy's customer, anyways. So it was like, ah, what's what's the worst that can happen? You know, you're not. I mean, you're not going to really gain a customer from somebody that obviously doesn't really like you at that. So from a marketing angle, is it okay sometimes to kind of uh, not troll is the wrong word, but kind of like punch back a little bit against that person because you're probably going to gain more people that like you. I think it's, I think it's good to be a real person. That's a, that's as far as I'll go. Cause I'm not much of a social media expert, but I think that people can really see, th- I'm just going to go all the way. I think people can see through the bullshit of you being a corporate speak, uh, you know, mm-hmm. be, you speaking in this like robotic tone or like trying to use a thesaurus to pick your words or whatever they 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 expect a real person um and when they get that back it's like you create a relationship so much faster you're able to have that easygoing conversation that you just can't have with most brands i think that is what separates a brand like buffer um from someone like twitter Right. Is you write in a Twitter and you're like, hey, like, here's a link to a message of someone who is harassing me. And they're like, oh, sorry, our guidelines, you know, prevent us from doing something about this issue. <laughs> or is you write into Buffer and you're like, ah, I can't log in and it's really important right now. I need to post something. And they're like, oh, my gosh, that is the worst with like a gif of who knows someone pulling their hair out. I have no <laughs> idea. Um, now, obviously, it's going to be John. What's his name from? uh uh, Parks and Rec being like the worst. <laughs> I just think that that real person exchange is what people don't get enough of. And so I would say, try to be a real person, even if you think you're not the sassy type, just be yourself. That's the most important thing. Can I add on to that? Sure. Especially if, well, maybe not especially if, but in both cases, but um, this also gets easier because we do sign our support tweets. And so Bonnie, the one who asked me about, who was the one who gave, asked me for advice on this in the first place, um, she, it, her name was going to be on it. So she was speaking on behalf of the brand. Certainly it was the, you know, our main Twitter handle, but she was being herself as a like spokesperson of the brand, which I do think adds mm-hmm. a different element than like your point of, you said like, this guy or a girl, actually, I don't know who it is. Like that really was really, really from the brand because there was no name or like initials or anything. And I do think it changes a little bit if there's a support person's name associated with it, like an email. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, I mean, talking with Wendy's there, it's always like, so when I think Wendy's, I think like the, uh, the founder's daughter, like who we named it after. And that is the voice that comes from there as opposed to like McDonald's. who it's like, yeah, it's, they probably have to come up with some voice. So that was kind of like, I don't know, like me going into that. And it could have just been me. It was like, wow. Okay. So what I had imagined in my head as being like the voice of Wendy's is definitely not what I was expecting. Um, so Carolyn, since you tend to be our resident social media expert and all that, if you left, not that you would, but if you left Buffer tomorrow and you went, move to a company that had more of a stoic uh, suit and business kind of presence on, on social media. Mm-hmm. Obviously you'd want to bring your voice with you. Mm-hmm. Like how would you start to bring about some of the, uh, the fun? Like how would you start 
pushing against some of those boundaries that might not be explicitly set, but are definitely there because of the previous voice that that, that handle had. It's mm. a good question. Um, I do think, well, one way to do it is to have a separate Twitter handle for customer service. Um, mm-hmm. We have chosen not to do that thus far. Um, there's a bunch of pros and cons about it. We've probably had a show about it, or we should. <laughs> um, so at least then it can be um, like a slightly a slight separation from the brand. Um, another another way to do it is to um, some some brands like have someone m- like man the Twitter handle, and what they usually do is introduce themselves using their own Twitter handle at the beginning of the week. And so sometimes sometimes I see that where people will say like, "Hey, it's." you know, Caracop popping in for whatever. Um, and I'll be running the show this week. Like, you know, which I, I think sometimes comes across weird cause it feels like a grab for followers, but at the same time it does make it a human. Um, and then there's, I think to, to the point we were talking about earlier, it does change a little bit. You do have a little bit more leeway when you're being very specific human on behalf of the brand, as opposed to the brand. Um, so that's, that's one way to like get around that a little bit. Um, in a lot of situations, I mean, we work for like companies where if we make a mistake, it's not that big of a deal. Um, I was recently at a conference where, um, a girl was talking to me about, um, she's like in a company, her field is medical stuff and like, they cannot mess around because of like, I don't really know what the regulations are, but there's a lot of them. Like you can't, you can't imply that someone is or has been, or might be a customer. Like there's just, because it's like a violation of privacy, whatever, whatever. So there are certain industries where um, some of that stuffiness is for a reason. Um, So try, if you're, if you're not familiar with like the rules and the reasons, then it's a good idea to not just like, bust in there with guns blazing. But, um, I think Jeff's advice in general is, is a great rule of thumb, um, being, being yourself and, and being a real person. Um, and, and like gifts is kind of an easy, very, very bland Twitter acceptable way to have a little bit of fun. Um, so those are some thoughts. I think that's the first time I've ever heard of gifts referred to as a very bland, acceptable kind of It thing. is like, it's just like very, like t- Jeff made the exact description of like, we would be like, Oh man, that stinks. And it wouldn't be uncommon to see a, 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 a gif associated with that. So, um, and that's like, it's so common in support that we had a gif battle at the <laughs> latest subconf. <laughs> like that's how common it is. So, um, that's like another way to, to just like brighten it, brighten it up a little bit. Jeff, you look like you had a thought. Yeah, I was just thinking about, um, and I feel like I was getting a little, going to take us a little bit off topic, but um, I remember early on in my support leadership days, I was looking for resources of like, who's doing this really well that we could learn from. And there's this book on the Zingerman's Deli, the Zingerman's Guide to Doing uh, Customer Service or something like that. And uh, in there, they're talking about how the first thing you do and Apple does the exact same thing. You, you align yourself with the customer, right? In Apple's case, you stand next to them and you look at the same device. It's like a way of putting yourself on the same 
um, wavelength as the customer. And I think that when you speak like, or when you start out by speaking like a real person or when you add a personal touch, like you sign the tweet in some way so that they know this isn't coming from a robot. This isn't coming from the brand. It's coming from a person who works um, for that company and is part of what makes up the total brand. Um, I just think that that advice, which was, you know, specifically support um, driven really makes a lot of sense just in any support uh, conversation or not even support conversation, any personal interaction where someone's reaching out to you in some way and you're going to reach back out to them. You should always do it first by like getting on their same wavelength, right? Like what Carolyn was saying earlier, you have to read your audience a little bit um, and don't, you know, go flying in with some sort of like crazy emoji that then they, um, you know, it turns out that they're much more buttoned up than that. <laughs> so how do you, Chris, I'm going to go over to you on this one. How do you handle interacting with, so, you know, if one of your customers or, or somebody that's interested in your product, that kind of thing, like when they reach out on, on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, um, that's a pretty clear cut, like, yeah, we need to answer and, and engage there. What do you do when another company, like, tries to bring you in on something like if there's a competitor that says something like hey you know xyz is so much better than automatic and and wordpress and and here's why we are like do you engage with that kind of stuff is there a line there that that you wouldn't cross um that's tough to say it hasn't honestly happened a ton with um like the social accounts at automatic that i'm responsible for i think it happens probably a lot more with the like the general wordpress handle which i'm not involved with um, and I think in some cases, um, some people may get involved or even just reply like from their personal handle, if it's something that they really want to talk about, but you know, don't want to necessarily speak for the brand or like set a precedent or anything like that. Um, so I, I have seen that happen, um, before, but I think that is something you probably want to be careful with as well, just to make sure that you're not injecting too much of your own, like personal opinions or biases versus, you know, what you want. Um, your brand to come across as uh, because you obviously don't want to be like, you know, argumentative and petty and stuff like that with uh, a competitor because that's most likely how you, not how you want to be seen um, to potential customers and, and current customers either. Yeah. Carolyn had a good tweet um, or not. She didn't tweet it, but she pointed it out right before the show with um, uh, it was at POTUS. It's at POTUS 44 now, but he was talking about um, Bill Clinton had asked about the, the first lady Twitter handle or something like that. And um, Obama's, I'm assuming his administration, since it wasn't a side by a uh, sign by him, it, uh, they sent back good question at Bill Clinton. The handle comes with a house. No one interested, interested in at Flotus, uh, which I thought was clever. It was, you know, engaging in that, but not coming. It came across as clever, not snarky. Um, and I think that's the line in there. Maybe right. Carolyn. You're like yeah. shaking your head there. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really well done example of um, of knowing the audience. You know, um, you know, Bill Clinton had sort of started it with his teasing tone, and so they took it one step further with the teasing tone. Um, and at the time, obviously, Hillary Clinton was um, campaigning or running in some form for president, and so they sort of teased Bill about the first lady handle. Um, so it was, it was very well done. It was seen as like, Oh, 
at the time as a way of like humanizing and bringing politicians into Twitter. Maybe we wish we had not done that so much, but at the time, um, it was, it was, you know, done really, really well and in a really cute way, especially because we have, especially because we know the association and the, the personality of president Obama and he has demonstrated some sass in the way he handles, um, you know, he's, he's funny. He, he slow jams the news, you know, he's like, that's kind of his, that is his brand. Um, so yeah, I think that one was done really well. So Jeff, what happens when it backfires? Um, again, since this is like Carolyn's topic, she was so gracious enough to provide some like examples and like talking points that I had to make sure I covered. Um, but one of them was the, uh, so it's a 2011 situation with the uh, American Red Cross at Red Cross. And the tweet was, Ryan found two more four bottle packs of Dogfish Heads Midas Touch beer, which first off is a very clunky tweet to begin with. So like, we're going to ignore that part. But um, it ended with, when we drink, we do it right. Hashtag getting slizzard. <laughs> There's so many like hashtags I just don't even understand. I don't. I don't know. Um, so it was wrong, and they immediately followed it up with a rogue tweet from at Red Cross due to my inability. And this is the the social media um, director. She was apologizing and saying it was due to my inability to use Hootsuite. I wasn't actually hashtag getting slizzard, but just excited. Hashtag now now embarrassing. I- <laughs> First off, wow, from the Red Cross, like that. So what what do you do? Like, you know, Jeff, if that happens with Wistia, what do you do? Oh, man. Uh, delete the tweet. Um, does that even work? Yeah, so, like, start there. Like, does that even help any? Like, I mean, it's, it's, everyone it starts screenshotting for, things now, so. For anyone who's actually listening to the four of us on social media advice, I think it would work. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't think any of us, I mean, maybe, I, I think maybe Carolyn is like, maybe the the closest to the exception but um i don't think any of us have quite the audience that the uh, american red cross has um and the number of people who are listening to them for like uh information that could impact their lives and those of their you know their friends around the world um that's the kind of twitter uh that should act that might actually want to go through a couple of hoops before you publish something um, because it, you really could have an impact on somebody first from sending something like that. People no doubt think differently about the Red Cross when they saw that. Mm-hmm. Personally, I kind of forgot about Twitter hashtags. I forgot that was a thing. So thank you for this lizard lady. Um, but uh, I think hashtag usage aside, I think they did the right thing by saying, yep, that was my bad. I messed that up because we all mess stuff up at work all the time. Um, A social media manager just happens to work in a much more visible uh, place than, than many of the rest of us when we make a mistake. So I don't think you want to put too much process around it. I don't work at the American Red Cross. They might want to put a lot of process around it, but I don't think you want to answer a mistake with process. You just want to make sure you communicate why a mistake is really bad and make sure whatever tools you're using, make it easy to avoid. Yeah. They followed that one up with uh, a tweet that said, we've deleted the rogue tweet, but rest assured the red cross is sober and we confiscated the keys. So an apology with a little bit of sass. 
Okay, so seven now. <laughs> seven times we're, we're going with Seth. Um, yeah, so Carolyn, give, give us your thoughts on that. Yeah, see, this was done brilliantly. Instead of saying like, we've like established protocols so to make sure this never happens again and like we fired that person. They were like, ha ha, like, oopsie, we made a mistake and we're going to have some fun with it. Um, and as a result of that whole situation, not just the well-handled, um, you know, response, but even just like the original, um, which is like, by the way, what like a, a fellow Hootsuite type company, like they're horrible, those situations. We like, we live in fear of these things. Um, but this ended up going pretty crazy and a lot of people and the Red Cross suddenly came into people's minds in a way that it wasn't before. And like, I think I remember, um, at least them getting, you know, retweets and followers, if not donations. So, um, this is a while ago now, but, uh, I think that particular, that example was like textbook, like couldn't have written it better. I was going to say, it is definitely like one of those where it made such an impact on you that here we are talking about it, like five, almost six years later. Yeah. So the last kind of thing I, I want to talk about, um, again, with the boundaries and that kind of thing. Uh, so Chase, Jeff kind of mentioned it before. If you make a mistake, if you cross that line somewhere, it's okay not to set up policies first off. Um, that's one of the things that uh, we wrote about in, in Rework when uh, Jason and David um, released that book. It was Don't Scar on the First Cut. You know, Don't set up a bunch of institutional stuff just because you got this one little cut somewhere. Um, with Automatic, since it is the biggest of all of the of any of the other companies on this show, um, how do y'all approach something like that? Are there a bunch of like, do this, do this, do this, set up for handling kind of the more public interactions you have with people? Uh, surprisingly, no. Uh, we don't really have um, guidelines or anything like that um, around our Twitter usage. It's just uh, pretty much everybody that is going to be tweeting or, um, you know, using those handles as, or in a particular Slack channel. And, you know, if something comes up that was either like incorrect information shared or maybe, you know, not quite right, something like that, you know, it's just a discussion that happens and, um, things, I mean, similarly, I guess to how the Red Cross handles it, I don't think we've had anything quite like that. Um, but you know, correction can be made and, you know, apologies can be made if that needs to happen. But, um, yeah, we sort of just handle it case by case, there's not any like protocol or anything like that around it. Um, and that seems to work well for us, even with, um, the number of people we have, you know, and the number of, I mean, you know, 15 million products that seems like we have, we have Twitter handles for all of them. And, um, somehow we still manage to mostly get, you know, replies to people and not screw things up too badly. So, uh, it, it works. <laughs> Mostly. respond it. for a lot of that too, by the way, respond oh. by buffer. that helps out a lot for sure. Oh, I was going to say, we just started using respond. It's pretty, pretty nice. Oh yeah. Um, shout out to Tyler. I didn't even plant this, this topic, yeah. but now I oh. wish I was that clever. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also want to make hashtag. It just works. a thing. Um, so, you know, if you're going to talk about this particular episode, hashtag, I was going to say hashtag getting slizzard, but <laughs> yeah. Hashtag. It just works. There you go. <laughs> um, all right, Carolyn, you get the last kind of uh, last little bit on this one. Um, 
Same question over to Buffer, you know, very much involved in social media and things like that. Is there like, is there policies or processes, process I, process E, whatever, um, set up for that? Or is it strictly just like you were mentioning earlier, somebody tweets and if they have like a question about if something's on the edge, they just ask somebody else. Yeah. Um, so we also don't have a ton of policy. However, we do have sort of a lot of safeguards in place to make sure that it's hard to make those mistakes. Um, to, to Chase's point, um, you know, it's like generally you just try and get responses to people who need responses. And um, I mean, even as recently as like this morning, um, someone accidentally tweeted um, with like, instead of an at reply, it was a public tweet. Um, but it didn't matter because it was like, I mean, it didn't matter at all. It was a lovely tweet and I mean, somebody might've scrolled past it who wouldn't have otherwise had to see it, but otherwise it was totally fine. Um, so yeah, it, it happens. Definitely delete the tweet if it's something that needs to be deleted. Um, but that does not erase it from the internet. It just, <laughs> to, to your point about screenshots and like, uh-huh. you know, tweet archive, whatever. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's better to, to delete it if possible so that you don't, you know, people don't see it and get confused. Um, but yeah, if it needs apology, apologize, but usually it doesn't. All right. That's our take on this one. Let us know what you think. It's uh, email us hello at supportops.co or uh, you can hit us up on Twitter of all places. We're at supportops <laughs> there. Uh, we don't use respond on there, but maybe we should. Um, so that's it thanks again for uh for listening and until we see you again have an awesome week